Today, we're going to be talking about how to decide what business is right for you. I'm David C. Barnett, and you're tuned in to Small Business and Dealmaking, the podcast, YouTube channel, and blog, where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses while controlling risk. So if you're looking to take control of your future through buying a business one day, or if you already own a business and you're looking to grow or exit, you've come to the right place. I talk about interesting things, I talk to interesting people, and I answer your questions every week right here. So be sure to hit like and be sure to hit subscribe, and let's get to it. All right, I got a great viewer question from one of you in the comments of a YouTube video. So Matthew S. was watching How Long Does It Take to Find a Business? <clears throat> that was a video I put out in November of 2021, and he put a question down in the comments how do you decide what business is right for you? This, this is a great question. And for a lot of people who are searching or exploring the world of, of becoming a business buyer or entrepreneurship through acquisition, ETA, as it's I'm seeing it more and more referred to online, um, it's a big question. And in my Business Buyer Advantage program, I talk about this a little bit about how to find businesses, how to identify industries. But when people graduate to my group coaching program, Business Buyer Adventure, this is one of the, the big things that people end up working on. In fact, when people join that group, they go through a workbook and they fill it in and they answer a bunch of questions. And then we do a one-on-one -on -one session where I help them create their initial search plan. And identifying the business type or industries is the biggest by far component of that initial conversation. Because for a lot of people, they're just like, I don't know how to decide. I don't know. I don't know what to do. So um, a couple of things to think about. All right. Um, there are basically two angles you can attack this from. So what I recommend for most people is that if you're going to get into business, you are far further ahead if you have some understanding of the business or industry that you are about to enter. And that means exploring your history and where you have experience. So for people that are older and more experienced and they've had different jobs, that's going to be an easier task than someone who's younger, for example. Uh, or if you've had uh, roles in many different kinds of businesses, it's going to be easier than if you've only ever worked in one industry. And so what I recommend that you do is you write down all the jobs you've ever done and you list out the types of things that you did in those jobs and you list out the type of characteristics those different industries had. So, for example, if you once worked at a company that did work on people's homes, like roofer, plumber, etc., then you were basically engaged in a project-oriented type of business where scheduling and scheduling of workers, delivery of materials, uh, billing cycles, all of this kind of thing were important. Well, those characteristics that you may have been exposed to while working for a company that put shingles on roofs, a lot of those characteristics might be applicable to a completely different kind of industry that just happens to be project-based, right? And so when you do this self-analysis exercise, what ends up happening is you begin to build this list of characteristics of where you have some kind of skill where you can add to the business. The people will sometimes ask me, um, you know, what is the, what is the best business to buy? And I'll always, always, always tell them the best business to buy is the one that you know something about so that you can buy a business that makes money, but has problems that you know how to solve. And in solving those problems, you then enhance the value of the business. 
right? That makes sense. So you buy a business that's earning a hundred grand, but you could see that with a few changes, you could earn 130 or 140 without increasing revenue. And so you buy that business based on the valuation that a hundred thousand of cash flow will give you. And then you go and make those improvements. Now suddenly you've grown the value of the business and grown your own cash flow, but the price you paid is locked in. That, like that is the ideal scenario for value enhancement. And so for you to be able to recognize where you can enhance value, where you can add value, knowing something about the business or knowing something about the business model is going to be important. And people will often fool themselves. I've, I've met a lot of people, especially people that are a little bit younger, who have grown up in the technological age, who've never known the world without the internet. They'll look at a business and they'll say that business is not optimized because they're not using all of these different tools or, or they're not advertising in a certain way. They're not using a certain kind of marketing and they'll get excited about that business and they'll believe that they can quickly buy it and grow it. And, and they'll bank on that. They'll say, well, I can afford to pay more because I'm going to make these improvements and I'm going to grow the business this amount. And then when they actually get into the business, they realize there's a whole bunch of stuff they never understood about that industry. And it isn't quite so simple to implement the changes they thought were low-hanging fruit. Whereas if you have a direct applicable, applicable experience, then you're going to know whether or not what you want to do is realistic or not. And what kind of time frame is realistic? Um, many people out there who are seasoned in business will understand these things could be done, but there's a bunch of mess that has to be cleaned up first. So my improvements may only be coming in in the second year after I become the owner because I'm going to have to spend a year reorganizing and cleaning up and streamlining and maybe turning over some employees that may not be the ideal people in their in their roles and and all that kind of stuff. So so this is looking at it from the point of view of your own experience. Once you've created a list of your own skills and the types of business characteristics that you have experience with, you can then go to some kind of comprehensive list of businesses, the yellow pages, the NAICS code list, the SICK code list. And, the, and these are lists that people use for different things like the government will use the SICK codes for administering uh, workplace health and safety compensation premiums, for example. But there's, there's many different comprehensive lists of industries out there. And so you can then look through that list and you can just ask yourself, does this business seem to fit the criteria that I've created, the list of characteristics? And you can then identify businesses that you've never even thought of before that your experience may then be applicable to. Okay. So there's a couple of videos from the past where um, I think that you could also draw some more information on this topic. So one of them is what you should learn from your job before leaving, where I talk about the types of um, the types of things that you can pull out of your employment. And one of the best things about working for someone else and developing skills while you work for someone else with a view to long-term entrepreneurship and self-employment is that you can actually get paid to learn certain skills. So that's a great video that you should check out. Um, the second angle you can take when you're looking at what kind of business is right for you is to come at it from the investment thesis point of view, I guess I'm going to call it. And I'm going to borrow that term from the search funder community uh, because I never really saw that term before I started to interact with more of those people online. And so that idea is that you, you come up with a concept or idea that you feel will enhance value in a certain business or industry type. So you could say, I want to buy a certain kind of business. I want to buy maple sugar camps 
And my thesis is that they can be made better through introducing robots to tap the trees. I don't know, whatever it is, right? This is the thesis, right? And so this is your idea. And then you go looking for those businesses with the idea that you're going to be buying them up and making this kind of improvement. So one of the most common of these theses that I see all the time, and in fact, I had a new member join Business Buyer Adventure recently from California, who is someone that comes out of the IT space. And that was their their dilemma is what kind of business do I go after? Because I've always been in technology and now I want to get into real world businesses. And so we created a list of criteria of things that he thought were important. So when we talked about anything to do with cars, he was like, I believe electrification is going to be bigger and faster than anyone believes. I said, okay, so we're not going to be looking at, you know, certain businesses that are tied to internal combustion engine cars, right? But tire shops may be a legit opportunity because even electric cars need tires, right? So this whole idea of a business thesis is you try to figure out what you believe long-term trends are going to be, and you try to position yourself in an industry that should have good prospects going down the road. And especially if you believe there's some kind of industry change that's going to be happening that you can take advantage of over the course of time, maybe even you're trying to predict what sort of industry could be ripe for consolidation down the road. You might think, you know, this industry is going to be maturing. There might be consolidators who are trying to buy up all these operations in 10 to 15 years. And I want to get my business big enough and well organized enough so that I'm an acquisition target and that will be my exit plan. Right. So for an example of this, there's another video I made that was a holiday chat, that holiday chat 2020 number one about a young man, Cole, who lived in Texas. He was a sailor uh, on, uh, on large uh, ocean freighters and he wanted to get into business. And one of the things that that I insisted that he take into account when he was looking at the types of industries he wanted to involve himself in is to add this one significant criteria. And that is that the industry you look at should should be one that is dominated by independent operators. And so there are a lot of independent businesses that each have their own owner. And what that means is that if you decide this is the industry I'm going to target, there's lots of prospective sellers, right? And so how do you figure this out? Well, you just, you can quickly survey different industries, you know, if you want to talk about like gas stations, you know, gas stations are independent owner operators. And then there are the chains, right? The, the big brand names that have that completely own and have like a chain of these big gas stations. Now, sometimes it's hard to tell because somebody could be an independent gas station, but have, you know, signed up with Shell to use their signage, et cetera. Right. But you can look at each industry and you can pretty quickly with a little bit of research online, maybe find a YouTube channel from someone in that industry who just talks about that industry. You know, there's probably a pest control channel or something out there, right? Or or read books about it. Um, if there are a lot of books out there about starting a business in a given industry, that can be one of the indicators that that industry has a lot of independent players, especially if it's in a business that tends to be lower investment, easier to start, uh, service industry kind of thing. There's usually a lot of independent players. So that should be one of your criteria so that you have a ripe field of opportunity. Um, and so once you figure out, you know, these are the industries I might like to be in, then I recommend you do a deep dive into learning about that industry. 
So again, look for YouTube channels on that content, blog sites about that particular industry, read books written by people in that industry and make it a mix of books that are current and books that are older. Like if you can find some books from the 70s, 80s, 90s, um, just so you can see maybe how things have changed in those industries. Uh, for example, auto body repair, you know, collision repair shops. Uh, at one time, lots of independent shops, that was the rule of the day. Uh, and now increasingly in the last decade or so, you've got these intermediary players who are lining people up in groups and then they're basically pitching the insurance companies that, hey, if you deal with our network, we're going to remove some of your administrative burden. Well, now the collision shops increasingly, if they're not part of one of these networks, they're being left out in the cold for a lot of insurance work. And that would be an example of how an industry is evolving or changing over time. Um, so you learn about the industry and then like dive in and go meet some people. I would even invest in attending that industry's trade show. You know, um, most industries have some kind of event throughout the year that you can go to. You can meet vendors. You can meet operators in that industry. You can ask them about what it's like to be in that industry. Um, you can really examine whether your perceptions and beliefs about that industry are real or not. And here's the biggest one. Go work in the industry. Go get a job in that industry. Um, even if you have a full-time career, go see if you can work on Saturdays or if you can work part-time get some experience in an industry and, and really see what it's like in there and see if you can imagine yourself being the owner of that kind of business. And if you think that you will like to serve the type of clients that business serves, and if you believe that you'd like to be, you know, employing the type of people that generally work in that industry. Um, I've met so many people over the course of time who've come to me to talk about like fast food restaurants and things like this. And I'll challenge them to go work, you know, at a McDonald's or something. And many of them would be like, well, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go work, you know, asking people if they want fries with that. Um, yet they're considering being the owner. And so I would always twist things around and ask them a question. I would say, you know, if you bought that business, uh, would you be proud of being the owner of that business when you were talking with your friends at the golf club? Right. So does that kind of business fit within the framework of your own personal self image? And, you know, a lot of you guys who are watching this might think that's silly, right? You know, business is about money. It's about earnings, et cetera. But in my experience, people can get excited about earnings and money. And then when they've got an, you know, an offer in place and then due diligence is going through and they approach the closing, they be, it becomes more and more real. And if that business and that business type can't be reconciled with your own self-image and who you believe you are and who you uh, present yourself to be to the world around you, to the, the people that, that you deem are important to you, um, then in my experience, you're not going to pull the trigger. I've seen it happen more than once. And so either you don't care or the business is going to fit in some kind of alignment with what you feel is, is your own self-image. So anyway, uh, Matthew, thanks for the great question. Um, if anyone out there is, wants to learn how to buy a business, of course, uh, you should head over to uh, businessbuyeradvantage.com where, where you can uh, sign up for my online program 
it's like 13 or 14 hours now of online courses and there's a workbook you go through and you can download the audios and repeat the material as you go jogging, driving, et cetera. It's a great way to learn. And as I mentioned, people who finish that program, if they want even more help from me, the coaching program exists, Business Buyer Adventure. And I'm recording this in uh, in September of 2022 and just had five new people join this past month. So it's, it's you know, People come in, they work on this project that they want to do. Uh, some people are in it for a year. Some people are in it for longer. Then they buy businesses and they leave. Some people buy businesses and they stay and they, they do it again. So we've got several members who bought multiple businesses. So that's at businessbuyeradventure.com. If you want to learn more about that, there's a little video over there where I describe all the different components of the program. And it's got either a quarterly or annual subscription. Um, never any contract, never any obligation. Uh, you sign up. You're in the program for as long as you want to be, and you've got access to all the material from, from all the past meetings. You get to have a front row seat and learn about deal making from other people as they're doing the deals. Uh, I don't think there's anything quite like it out there. Um, and, um, you know, the people who are in it, a lot of them stay in it for a long time. And I think that's the biggest testimony to, to the quality of what's in the program. And with that, we'll say see you later. I love you all very much. And look forward to seeing you again. Bye. So how can you learn more about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses? Easy. Head over to my blog site, davidcbarnett.com, where you can learn more about me and how I work with my clients. You can learn more about my books and the online courses that I've prepared for you. You can find out about how to subscribe to my email list, the YouTube playlists, etc. There's literally hundreds of hours of content there, all for free. And I'd love for you to be my guest. Special thanks go out to Jeff Alpaw Customs for being my tailor. Men all around the world can look dangerous, just like me, with the help of Jeff Alpaw Customs. JeffAlpaw.com. Use the code DCB10 to save. They handle multiple currencies and ship anywhere you happen to be.